This presentation was from Yox Australia 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit yoxaustralia.com.au. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. I work at Seamless in Melbourne, where we help cities and governments fast-track their digital transformation. As a content strategist in the experience design team, my choice of weapon is words. So let's start with the basics. What is UX writing? Basically, it's the words in the interface, or the words you encounter during your experience with a product. It covers everything from the microcopy that helps you navigate a screen or complete a transaction, to the longer form copywriting that persuades you or offers guidance. Just out of interest, how many people here have written words for an interface before? Oh, a lot of hands, good. So, why is it important? This quote sums it up for me. Design in the absence of content is not design, it's decoration. To build a great experience, we need to give just as much consideration to what it says as to how it looks and how it works. And with the rise of conversational UI and chatbots, words are only going to become more visible and more important. In fact, in these cases, words are the design. So my first recommendation for great UX content is to hire a professional writer. But uh, I'm not going to go through all those points right now. I'll pop this on my Twitter if you want to have a look later. Failing that, you might have some resources at your company already. Technical writers, support writers, marketing copywriters will be able to help out. Let's assume there's nobody else to do the job and it's up to you. My number one tip is to make every word earn its place. So these days, web users have less time and attention than ever to give you. Sounds dramatic, but for every unnecessary word you make them read, you're shaving seconds off their life. Bloated text isn't good for anyone, especially when devices and interfaces are getting smaller and screen real estate is more precious than Bitcoin. So think carefully about each word you put in the interface. Start by editing ruthlessly. Here's an example from one of our products at Seamless. This confirmation message was quite short already to begin with, but why make users read three words where one can do the job? Especially for concepts they're already familiar with, like saving. Likewise, don't make users read long words where, long, where short ones will do the trick. Why do we use the word apologize when we could simply say sorry? Look how much easier that is to read. We should also aim for high information density. That means packing as much information as you can into the smallest number of words. In this example, the title of the message was a missed opportunity to pack information in about what, what the user's doing. The new version is much more meaningful and also shorter, so it's a win-win. Also ask yourself, is the information relevant right now? Only provide what the user needs right away to complete the task they're doing. This technique of progressive disclosure will focus the user's attention and reduce their cognitive workload. We've all heard about how people read differently on the web. They scan instead of read every word. So it's important to make sure your content is easily scannable. There are a few ways to do this. 
Firstly, bring all the important stuff to the front. We call this front-loading your content. You're all familiar with the F-shaped reading pattern, I'm sure, which shows us how users read or skim online. What it tells us is that your key information should be in the first couple of lines of the page or in the first couple of words of the sentence or paragraph. So don't leave the crucial bits at the end where they might not be seen at all. Simple text formatting can also improve scannability. Things like headings, lists, bold text, they all catch the eye and show users where to focus. In fact, this slide is a good example of all of those things. In this example from Slack, they've used a list to prevent inf present information and next steps after creating a channel. If this was all one big paragraph, it would be really hard to figure out where one of those points started and ended and the next began. You should also always try to refer to things in a consistent way. Don't use sign in in one user flow and log on in another. Pick one term. Because if you've primed users to look for one particular term, using a different one just leads to confusion. It's much easier to scan for words you're already familiar with. It's also important to be specific. You can avoid ambiguity by finding the most accurate words for what you're trying to say. And choosing meaningful verbs helps users understand the exact actions they need to take. Here's an old pop-up from Twitter asking if you want to cancel sending your tweet. If I want to cancel, do I click OK or cancel? It's really ambiguous. In the new version, they've made button, the button verbs much more specific to the scenario. Being specific also means explaining the why, not just the what. Users are more likely to complete a task if they understand why they're doing it. In this email field from Start Some Good, a simple bit of text under the field tells me exactly why they're collecting the information. It immediately puts my mind at ease. Where possible, you should also tell users what's coming so they're not surprised by what happens next. This helps manage expectations and reassures users they're doing the right thing. And that's that last line there. Got a discount code? Add it in the next step. It's a common belief that with UX writing, you'll never spend more time writing fewer words. And it's kind of true. To truly come up with great UX content, you need to give it the time it deserves. One thing that'll help is considering content early. So that means thinking about words during the design phase or even earlier. Another way to achieve this is to use real content in prototypes. So that means no more lorem ipsum. It's also important to allow time to revise. The first cut of the content is rarely the best. Just like with design, you need to iterate to get to the gold. And of course, test the content just like you would the design. You can take a number of approaches to this depending on the sort of content you're testing. You can use readability tests, A-B tests, card sorts, tree, tree tests, all sorts. Lastly, it's crucial to remember that you're writing for humans, so you should write like one too. This means using plain language, communication your audience understands the first time they read or see it. 
Here's a cracker from Seamless. No permission to operate. Sounds like some sort of robot doctor to me. It's just one example of jargony terms getting in the way of clear communication. We see this kind of stuff all the time, usually as a result of developers uh, <laughs> being uh, left to do the words because there's just no one else to do it. So, yeah, they do their best. Bless them. Speaking like your users do also means finding out how they refer to things and mirroring that language. Using active voice over passive voice involves constructing your sentence so that the subject acts. It helps you sound more direct and honest. So does verbing your nouns. Sorry for the uh, grammar lesson. There's this tendency to change verbs into abstract nouns, often by adding ION to the end. It doesn't make you sound smarter. It just makes the sentences longer and harder to understand. So stick with the verb form of the word. It's also important to consider the emotional state and context of the user. If you're an anxious flyer checking your upcoming flight details, imagine what you'd think if you read this. Hearing about previous crashes is not going to put your mind at ease. When Android decided to use the word crash in an error message, they probably didn't think through all the possible use cases or emotional states involved. And lastly, humans have personality, so your UX writing should too. This is where a style guide for voice and tone can lay the groundwork for what's okay and what's not. Fundamentally, we're just humans talking to other humans, and the words we use in our products should reflect that. That's it from me, but there are heaps of great resources on UX writing out there, so uh, I'll leave that up for a little bit if you want to take a photo, otherwise it'll be on my Twitter soon. And that's it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.